Hi friends. It's so great to be here at the well together to draw encouragement from God's word for our lives. I'm Jen and today I have a special guest on the podcast. Today you get to hear my conversation with my friend Sarah Windham. Sarah is a dear friend from college. We were music ed majors at Western Illinois University, and we got to live together for a couple years in one of the Campus Students for Christ apartments. Sarah is so wise and has an incredibly beautiful heart, and I cannot wait for you to hear parts of her story as she shares how God has walked her and her family through a scary health diagnosis and how she has learned through it all that God is enough. And because it's hard to find a space of uninterrupted quiet time these days, you probably will hear my son walk in during the recording around 20 minutes in, just in case you were wondering what the random little voice in the background is. Here is my conversation with Sarah. Hey! Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's going well. How are you doing? You're good. It's Friday. It's Friday. I was singing the TGIF song. Yes, definitely. It's funny how the days are mostly the same, but we still very much look forward to the weekend. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm still working pretty full time, so I'm really excited when Friday afternoon hits. Yes. My, well, Jonathan works all day, but it's also nice just to not have to worry about the kids doing school. And we declare Saturday do what you want day. (laughs) I love it. We'll relax. So yeah. Good. Good. What is your family up to doing right now? Um, so the kids had a couple like zoom calls with friends today, which was fun. Um, they don't have school on Fridays, so it's like a teacher work day. Yeah. So there's always like a couple things we've missed. Usually I feel terrible saying this because I was a music teacher, but it's like special stuff that we're like, oh yeah, we forgot to do that. So, <laughs> um, um, yeah, ours are optional for my kids, but oh. I mean, at least does piano and flute lessons. So I just, <laughs> yeah, I just figured that's enough. And yeah. I, most of my students aren't even interacting with any of my very easy lessons online. So I know it's, you just do what you can do. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, we're kind of the same. Like Wit is doing violin over Zoom and he's, you know, Luke is working with him on trumpet and Ev and I are doing some piano stuff. So I feel like we're doing lots of creative things. We're painting and, you know, it's, it's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what are you doing besides work? What are you doing that's fun for you? Um, we are honestly really enjoying cooking and being in the kitchen together. So Luke and I love food and we (laughs) started, um, we like to cook together, but I would say in the last year, especially we've really been doing more of that and just getting more brave (laughs) with, um, trying new things. And so, yeah, it's been great to like go through different recipe books and, cookbooks and you know just try things that we probably wouldn't have made time for otherwise because it's a little out of the box yeah I recipes kind of stress me out because (laughs) I usually don't have everything I need so I'm not real good at that not good at following recipes and right now I feel like with all that we're cooking um just like as easy as possible but I love seeing (laughs) I love seeing your insta stories of what you guys have made from like magnolia table everything looks so delicious 
Yeah, it has been really fun. So it, I will say like the prep stresses me out of making the plan and getting all the grocery things figured out that we need. But I tried something new this month and did about three weeks worth of planning and just like made a list of fresh ingredients that we would need to buy for specific recipes. Um, so everything's done and I haven't really had to grocery. We've been doing grocery orders, so, um, but I haven't had to like schedule really much of that in a couple of weeks, which has been great. What has been your favorite thing you guys have made so far? Um, gosh. So we made, I think it's called Fatayar. I don't, I'm sure I'm not saying it right, but it was really tasty. It's basically like a beef packet is like the American version. Mm. <laughs> um, it's like a biscuit on the outside and ground beef and onion and hash brown and cheese and stuff on the inside. It was really good. That sounds delicious. It. Yeah, it was, that was a winner. And then baking, we made a chocolate roll, which was very challenging, but really tasty. Are these all from the Magnolia table? Both of those are Magnolia. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I, I was thinking about when you and I, I think, was it our first year living together the summer that we lived <laughs> together and we were redecorating the apartment, painting the brown shades of squares. Yep. <laughs> And stapling sheets to the couch. <laughs> we thought it was a good idea. And I, like, in my mind, it looked great. I'm not sure it looked as great as we thought it did in person. <laughs> I just, my favorite thing is home decor. And we ordered a new rug for our living room. And have oh, just been good. moving stuff around and decluttering. Yeah. And I yep. just, it's just funny. I just look back. <laughs> We've come a long way. And how way. far my decorating <laughs> skills have come. You had such a good eye. I remember the first time I was in your dorm room before we lived together. And I was like, this is the prettiest dorm room I've ever seen. Like, More fabric stapled to the ceiling. Yeah. You know, you uh, work with what you've got. It was, yes. I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> it made you happy. So that's all that matters. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, life is uh, definitely, I cannot believe how long it's been <laughs> since we were in college. Yeah. Yeah. So we were both music ed majors. We were. Yeah. And I think you probably even have taught longer than I have <laughs> since I was out uh, of it for so long. But I don't know. I mean, I think I only made it maybe nine or 10 years total. Um and I loved it. Like, I really didn't see myself leaving the classroom, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I'll go back at this point, but um, I really enjoyed it while I did it. Mm -hmm. so. I mean, I taught one year and then we moved and I, I thought I would never right. go back, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, you have, you have taught, you taught longer because um, this is my, I've just completed, I guess, completing my fourth year and okay. I had one year before I 10 year stint of wow. raising kids. So yeah. Interesting. I actually yes. just got a thing in my email the other day from the ISBE, like you need to renew your license. And I was like, Oh, you hmm. should do that because I did not and it's a big <laughs> chunk of change when you need to do it again. Okay. <laughs> just will... keep it up. <laughs> That's kind of the plan, at least for now. Um, I could see myself doing like a part-time elementary something, but I, I think that would be the only 
only if God was really like, this is what you need to do now. Yeah. Well, (laughs) and I think right now, because of all this COVID stuff, they're Mm -hmm. not, you you don't even have to present like you had so many hours. You can just check a box saying, yep, I'm good and pay your money and you're renewed. So now is the good time to (laughs) renew. I have one year (laughs) left. I was like, darn it. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Hopefully we're not still doing this in a year. You know, you know, hopefully not. But so how, what, what changed? What made you get out of teaching? Um, so it's funny because I think, um, I think I always had like dreams of what, you know, if, if I didn't quote unquote have to like have a real job, what things would look like for me. And, um, we actually had a really good friend of ours who um, had a had a very serious health issue in the, in his life, and um, I was able to kind of walk alongside his wife during that. And unfortunately, he did end up passing away. But it it really like rocked our world. Um, it was the first time we had had someone close to us who was um, who had gone through something like that, mm-hmm. and I think it really made us stop and think like, what are we waiting for, and why why are we living um, maybe a little bit more safe than what we should be living. And so that kind of opened up some conversations initially. And, um, we just kind of took a step. Luke's job, my husband had switched from junior high to high school. And so his schedule was more challenging, especially in the evenings and a few more weekend commitments, not, you know, not a ton, but enough that it was starting to affect us, um, before he was able to help out in the mornings with the kids. But with his new position, that really wasn't feasible. So my mornings were hard. Like I was always Mm -hmm. trying to get two little ones out the door, have myself dressed and ready for work. Um, I usually had like a morning rehearsal to get to. And so it was, it was tough. We had great helpers. Um, We had a babysitter in town that was just like a second family to my kids. So, you know, we had the pieces in place, but it was just not. Um, I just felt like it was a race every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and we had, we, we felt like we could make adjustments and do some different things. Um, one big piece was insurance um, with his new job. He had insurance. And so I could um, all, we could all be on his plan. So that kind of changed things financially. Um, and then I had a cake pot business at the time that was doing really well. And I thought, okay, I'll just make cake pots and stay home and um, just kind of be open to, to the next thing. So that's really where it started. And then <laughs> um, I feel like we just, I don't even know, it like snowballed from there. When you said you were living safe, can you kind of explain what you would consider that to be? Sure. Um, I think we were very comfortable and we felt like this worked for us and it made sense. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say that we were um, thriving in that space. It was just comfortable and it, um, it was great. Like I'm not, I really did enjoy being in the classroom and the thing I miss, the two things I miss the most are my students and my colleagues and being a music teacher, you know, you form that relationship year after year after year. So it's like a building, um, connection with these students and you literally watch them grow up and gosh, I miss that. And I still keep in touch with kids from my first job. I taught high school for one year and loved it. 
um, and then had an opportunity to switch to a district right in our town, just blocks from our house. And, you know, it was just one of those things like it just made sense, but I still keep in touch with those kids from my first position in 2000. Gosh, what year would that have been? 2007, <laughs> so long ago. Um, but anyway, we just kind of decided to take some risks and um, Luke was really encouraging me to find my passion. Um, he is really passionate about teaching mm-hmm. music ed. And while I did really enjoy it, I'm not sure that my passion was still there. I think that I was yeah. um, just needing something different at that point. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but he recognized that and he really encouraged me to like think outside the box and, you know, we'll figure it out. So um, he really nudged me to to be brave and <laughs> take the plunge. And it, it felt really strange. Um, but honestly, God was like calling me out of the classroom and it was very clear and very evident. And there were a lot of signs. I, I can't even tell you specifically what it was, but we just knew it was the right decision. And it, we knew that on paper, it didn't make sense. And so it was hard to explain that to people. Um, mm-hmm. But now looking back, we're like, oh, that's like, he was just very ahead of us. So um, I left the classroom where I, I resigned officially in January and a month later, maybe not even a month later, maybe a week later, I, I can't remember the timeline. Um, we had partners from an organization in Africa they were visiting. It's a, an organization that we had supported and traveled with a couple of times and just loved. And the, um, the C, I think she's the COO now, it, uh, was there and we were chatting and she said, yeah, we really need somebody um, to come alongside us and work, you know, like 10, 15 hours a week, computer-based, work from home. And my jaw dropped because that morning I had been driving by myself to get a coffee and those exact words had been planted in my brain. Like, wouldn't it be great if I could do something from home, computer-based, 10 to 15 hours, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, verbatim. And I just kind of looked around like, did anybody else see what just happened? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just was blown away. And I had really been praying like for that next season of life. And I think it's one of those situations where we said yes, and we stepped forward in faith and God provided this position that was just the right um, fit for me, for our family and a bonus of being something that we really loved and were passionate about getting to to be a part of. That's so cool. I mean, God is, God is cool. Yeah. He's really (laughs) kind. Really. Um, and I think there's so many, you know, talking about finding your passion, it's hard because I feel like as mothers, there's just that kind of torn, your heart is in two places. You want to do something you're passionate about and yet you, you have that tug to, be home and take care of your family um, because when you're trying to do it all it can be stressful and so um, taking that leap of faith and trusting that God will still provide even when it doesn't make sense um, to do what's best for your family yeah that's I I love how it's turned out I do too I do too and it you know it's it's been fun and I I look forward to like the next season I think he just keeps Um, My word this year is reveal. And I think he just keeps revealing 
um, like more of what what's coming and it doesn't scare me it it gives me excitement and um, anticipation well and you have been through a lot so when <laughs> you <laughs> I mean it's it's hard and we'll talk about it tough things really yeah. do grow you and grow your trust so when yeah. you say that you're not scared you've already seen so much and you can trust because you have seen God um, walk you through it. But so when you left teaching, you guys were living in Dwight, Illinois, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then, so what happened? At, you got your computer-based job. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. Um, this is kind of what I meant when we look back and we could clearly see God taking us down a path that we never would have chosen for ourselves. Um, but I'm so grateful we listened and we were sensitive to that leading because I, um, so let's see timeline, I guess it would have been January, 2017, I resigned and I was going to finish out the school year. And then in February was when I was offered the job with Heart for Africa. And I finished my last day of teaching, I think May 31st and started my new job June 1st. So that was really fun. Yeah, it was really fun. I just love the timing of that. And it was a really, just a sweet season of life. Um, but it was stressful because when we decided that I was not going to teach anymore, we also decided to move. And so that spring we were putting our house on the market and, um, trying to decide like where exactly we wanted to move. We, we had planned to move up to Manuka Shanahan area, which is about 30 minutes away. That's where our church was. Um, my brother and sister-in-law live up here. And so it was a lot of changes and um, we had been in Dwight for 10 or 11 years at that point and really thought we were going to stay forever. So it shocked us that we were making all these changes. But anyway, um, we sold our house, I think in September and moved into a rental um, for about three months while we were, you know, looking for a home and ended up doing some renovations on the house that we bought. And in November, So actually, we had just seen you guys, which is so interesting. Um, (laughs) We saw you and Jonathan the weekend before all of this kind of all shifted. Um, I had a sinus infection. I had been sick off and on a lot, and that was pretty common for me. But this one was a little bit different, and my doctor ordered some blood work, and a week later um, said, you know, something's not right. And it was literally the day we closed on this house, and it was also the anniversary of our friend's passing. So Mm -hmm. it was just a lot of... Um, it was a lot of feelings yeah, <laughs> and it was a lot of, um, like, it's just crazy to think that the closing dates for this home that like we had dreamed of and we were so excited and we, we had this feeling, I know it probably sounds cheesy, but we had this moment of like, this is it. Like we did it. We set <laughs> out to, to buy a home and we, we did it and we achieved all these goals that we had worked so hard for and there was such joy um in that moment like I remember coming here and my sister-in-law Rochelle came and met with us and we celebrated and we knew we had a long road ahead with the house but like it didn't matter and everybody had left it was just me I was sitting here alone we actually our house looks over um, a river it's really really peaceful and my phone rang and it was my doctor and she said, Hey, you need to come back and do some blood work again. Something, you know, I'm just a little concerned about this, but she wouldn't tell me what it was. Mm. 
And that's never like what you want to hear. And I had actually had a feeling that something wasn't quite right, but I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm usually a pretty positive, like glass half person. So I'm like, I'm sure it's just stress. It's been so, so, so stressful. Um, and it really had, it had been (laughs) a very intense season, uh, just of lots of changes and lots of extra work. So, um, we finally, you know, were able to connect with her and she finally kind of gave me some honest answers about what was going on. And they thought that I had this blood cancer called multiple myeloma, but it just didn't make sense. Um, if you Google it, it's like super common in men over the age of 70, primarily African-American men. At the time I was 34, I am not African-American, I'm white. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just, there were a lot of things about it that didn't make sense. Um, I didn't have all of the symptoms, but I had a few and I don't know, it was just a weird, it was weird. So anyway, we did some testing and lots of praying and we gave it a week uh, before we heard back. We actually had to send some things to Mayo Clinic for like this extra test that they do that only happens in certain places in the country. And a week later she said, um, I'm 99.9% sure you don't have this, but you do need to see a hematologist. Um, it could just be stress. It could, it could be, you know, she said, I just don't know. It's a really specialized field. Um, but I don't, I don't think you have this. And she was just certain that I was okay. So we celebrated, we went on with plans. Um, unfortunately I did actually have to cancel a trip to Africa because I was supposed to leave that Friday. Um, And we just felt like with my health, my immune system was definitely not doing well and just didn't seem like the best idea to go, you know, across the world um, into kind of unknown places where you just don't know what what is there (laughs) with with a low immune system. Um, So we continued to live in our duplex. We continued to go about life. Um, We were doing a lot of renovations here in our current home. And my appointment with my hematologist came up. It was December 11th and I drove up with a friend. Um, Luke had a concert that week. So he was, you know, in in rehearsals and we just thought everything was fine. We weren't worried about it. So my friend Christina and I drove to Chicago and got off the elevator and it said like cancer institute or something. And I was really caught off guard by that because I didn't know I was going to like a cancer center. I just thought I was going to the Northwestern. Um, And about 30 minutes later, I met with a doctor who said, you have multiple myeloma. Wow. I'm 99.9% sure that you do. <laughs> so, so you heard 99.9% was... you don't have it. And then 99.9% you do. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then four days later, we moved wow. into this house. And we, it was chaos. It was, um, I think, maybe the hardest week of my life up to that point. There were so many emotions. It was so heavy. Um, we weren't telling people because my brother and sister-in-law were actually in Mexico and we just couldn't bear to ruin their vacation. (laughs) So, which I think it was kind of a gift that we were, I wouldn't say we were forced, but that we like kept it to ourselves. So, um, my parents knew Luke's parents knew our siblings knew, and just a, a couple of dear friends, um, we told right away. And then everybody else we just didn't, didn't share for a while. So. Wow. So going back to you, um, you know, talking about reveal and not being scared, do, would you say 
you had fear during that time? So for me personally, and I think this is pretty true talking with others who have had different diagnoses and also the same, when you first get a diagnosis, um, they immediately schedule a lot of testing. So it wasn't just like the added um, information of like, now you have this thing. It's like, you're driving back and forth to hospitals and testing and, um, you know, you're trying to read stuff online, but you're also trying to not read stuff online. You're trying to decide how to communicate this with the world, with your, you know, various groups of people in your life and how much to share. Um, it was very, it was very scary. Everything we read was not encouraging. Mm -hmm. Um, it is not a curable cancer. And I think that was the hardest part for me was just knowing like, this is a forever thing. This is, it's, I would, I would make it, um, or I would compare it to like an autoimmune disease. So it's something you're going to have the rest of your life. You're going to take medication for, you're going to have seasons where it is, you know, not as good, but for the most part, you can go about your day-to-day -day life with a few modifications mm -hmm. after the initial, you know, mm -hmm. hard stuff. So. <laughs> so after you tell your family and get moved in, what does life look like? Um, well, it was Christmas, so wow. life was pretty sad. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really sad Christmas. Um, and we had not planned to do like a big Christmas anyway because of the move. And I mean, when I say renovation, we didn't do like bathroom and kitchen, but we like, we did a lot of other things. Um, we ripped out every carpet, all the, um, it was just the previous owners had smoked in our home for 17 years. So it took a lot of um, paint and unique efforts to get all of that um, out of the house. My husband has asthma and we knew there were some risks with that. So it was intense. It was an intense process mm -hmm. of renovating and moving twice and, you know, just wrapping our heads around that. So we had already said, like, we're not going to do a big Christmas. We're not going to worry about decorating. We're not going to do anything crazy. Um, but it was just sad. You know, Christmas is such a sweet season and I've always enjoyed it so much. And we were just really fearful. Um, I was nervous. We were getting test results back. I was trying to understand things. Um, my team was out of the office, so I couldn't always get quick responses on questions, which wasn't their fault. It was Christmas. Um, but like we put up our tree the night before and I just remember sitting on our couch, just, it was so heavy, mm. it was so heavy. Um, but we got through it and my family and Luke's family and our, our community just surrounded us in such beautiful ways. Um, and then I started treatment in January. I think it was like the first week right after new year's. So I did 16 weeks of um, like a targeted chemo. Um, I was taking like a daily pill and then I would go to Chicago once a week for treatment, like an infusion and some other injections and things like that. You still have to go to Chicago, right? To keep up with everything. And how, yeah, I do. I how go... far are you now from your new house? Yeah. So that was one of the ways that we really felt like God put us right where we needed to be. Um, we are about 40 minutes closer to the city now, which is great. And I know that's not a lot, but you know, an hour and a hour and 15 minute drive is better than a mm -hmm. two hour drive. And, you know, it's definitely a two hour drive on the way home. Cause I, I'm usually hitting traffic, but um, yeah, we're closer now. 
and that's really great. Um, and so you moved closer to your church community, but you're also living in a new community. What, what did your support system look like during all of this? Yeah, that was pretty incredible, honestly. Um, I, how do I explain? So we had been in Dwight for so long that we had dear friends there and neighbors. We lived in the same house for a long time. Um, so we still had this community that was still close enough to, to be a part of our lives. It just looked different. Um, so I would say they were still very supportive and did a lot of things and just gave us a lot of um, support and generous, you know, help, gas cards, meals. Um, they did a benefit for us in February and it was just incredible. It was overwhelming because we didn't live there anymore, but we had been such a part of that community that um, it meant a lot to still be so supported even after we had moved. Um, our church community was close by now. Um, our church is about 15 minutes away from our house, which is great. And my family, my brother and sister-in-law are closer now too, which was a big gift. She went to treatment a lot with me um, and they helped with the kids a lot and would just kind of be back and forth as needed. Their sons at the time were both in high school and close by and very reliable, responsible boys who, you know, could run over and help with the kids or pick somebody up or just whatever was needed. And, you know, that wouldn't have been possible before. Um, and then being in a new community <clears throat> was a little scary, honestly, because I struggled with our kids starting a new school, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> and being the kids whose mom had cancer. And that was really hard for me. I think one of the hardest things or the things that I grieved the most was how this would impact our kids. And so, you know, we had to spend some time over Christmas break explaining to the schools, like, I guess it was just one school at the time. They were both in, in the same building. Um, you know, this is our situation. We, we just wanted the teachers to be aware because it was all new. We just didn't know what it was going to look like and how much it would impact the kids' schedule um, and our, just our life. So we had to have those conversations, you know, before we had even started. And that was hard. How did your kids handle it? Um, I think they handled it okay. And I, <clears throat> unfortunately, we had walked uh, several cancer journeys alongside friends. Mm. Um, we had a good friend who had breast cancer, and we are very close with their family. So they kind of understood what that looked like. Our um, neighbor and good, good friends of our family down the street, their son had had leukemia. And so we had kind of, you know, seen how that worked and what that looked like. Um, and then, of course, our friend Mark. So their, I think their biggest fear was that I, you know, wasn't going to be okay. Yeah. And that was really scary um, because they had seen that outcome. And um, so we wanted to be really reassuring and encouraging. Um, everything we had been told was very hopeful and very promising. So we didn't have any reason to think that um, that that would be my outcome. We tried really hard to be very honest with them and just tell them exactly what we knew, um, but in like a kid's version of it. So <clears throat> we, we used words and phrases that were kid appropriate, age appropriate, but um, we were just really honest with them because we wanted them to hear straight from us what was happening and 
um, not misunderstand something and know that they could come to us with questions. I would say overall, they, they did really well, um, but I know there were other things we saw months down the road that um, were just, you know, anxiety and it was just hard for all of us in different ways. And I think the one thing I would have done differently is I would have gotten them into counseling mm. right away, just so they would have had a, like a separate space to work through those feelings. Um, but, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and we were navigating a lot of new things and it was, it was just hard. Yeah. <laughs> it was overwhelming. So, but overall, I think, I think really well. And my hope is, and my prayer is that they will be more empathetic, that they will be more kind, that they will um, not be uh, like that. This will be something that grows mm -hmm. them and makes them better people someday, not just um, is something that happened while they were kids. Yeah. And something that they actually have a tangible um, thing to remember of what God mm -hmm. brought you all through. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So yeah, are they definitely. in, like, are they in counseling now? I know you said you wished you had earlier. Um, yeah, we were doing it really steadily until all of the pandemic stuff happened. So um, we were starting to phase out. They were, they were really doing well at that point and had um, just gotten into a good rhythm. So we were doing kind of check-ins about uh, every two to three weeks or so. And she just said, let's, let's kind of just take a break while all of this is happening. And um, so, yeah, I think at some point we'll, we'll continue to do check-ins because I think mm -hmm. it's just good. Um, and I think it's uh, something that is, is positive for them and for us. And um, I'm a big fan. I'm a big believer. Yeah. So, so yeah. do you yourself? <laughs> because you, I have to say uh, like throughout this process, you, I mean, you already said you're already a glass half full person but you you have yeah. never once not shared like the hard parts of it but yeah. you are always so hopeful and share um you know just the goodness that you're experiencing as well and how God is bringing you through this mm -hmm. and and I've just really appreciated that that it's not just um this terrible thing that's happened to you but you I feel like you're always looking for the silver lining and that you do have a very strong hope um, in what's to come. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's really kind. Um, I, I try really hard to keep perspective in mind and, you know, others might look at our situation and think that's so awful. And I can't imagine what that would be like or how I would navigate that. And I feel like, yeah, it really stinks. I hate that I have to um, put chemo in my body every day. I hate that I have to go to see a medical team and get mm -hmm. poked <laughs> and do these things once a month um, for the rest of my life. And I hate that we just have this thing in our life that's never, ever going to go away. But our life is so blessed and we have such an abundance um, just in, in general that I try really hard to not forget that. Like God has really been kind to us. Um, and I think I said it earlier, but like he wasn't caught off guard by what was coming. He saw it coming 
And so he removed me from a job where I couldn't have physically Mm. continued to work um, and done what I needed to do for my health. And he gave me a job that I could continue to do from a hospital bed, literally. And it gave me an identity and a purpose at a time when I didn't have that anywhere else because I couldn't be mom. I couldn't be, you know, the cake pop lady. I couldn't teach. I couldn't, there were so many things I couldn't. And that Mm. was something I could do. And that was really important to me. And he, um, you know, gave my husband a job that we weren't looking for, um, but it just happened very quickly and he loves it and he is so passionate about it and it's an amazing place to work and it just happens to have great health insurance. And if I had had the health insurance that I had previously when I was diagnosed, life would have been a lot more challenging from a financial perspective. So we just really felt so strongly as heavy as it was and as heavy as it still feels some days um, that he, he's, he just is going to continue to be ahead of us and we can't control it. We, we just can't. And I'm grateful that I have, um, I'm grateful that he gave us an experience and prepared us to walk through it. I'm not grateful Mm -hmm. that I have cancer. And I'm not grateful, you know, for the the hard parts of that. But honestly, life had been pretty easy up to that point. And we just, I think it's, it's grown us a lot and it's made us stronger and closer. And um, we've just learned a lot. So what is (laughs) the biggest thing that you have learned or are learning about God or yourself right now? Hmm. Um, I think just that he's enough. And I was someone who wore a lot of hats and I was really proud of that. And I think that I was finding a lot of my identity in the things that I was doing. And he had to strip it all away in order for me to remember that my identity is in him. And it felt really uncomfortable to, um, not have anything to like hang my hat on anymore and gosh it was lonely (laughs) and hard and uncomfortable and painful in a lot of ways but um yeah it it was needed I think I think I needed that I don't think I would have done it on Mm -hmm. my own so just just that he's enough and that he will um he will always make a way if we're paying attention and um, we don't always get it right. There's lots of times we fail, but I'm so thankful that Luke and I were both paying attention when he said, you need to stop working and he needs to take this job and you guys need to move. And I, I don't think we would have done it otherwise. And he would have, you know, made something beautiful out of that if we had said no, (laughs) Um, because that's how he works. But I think because we were sensitive and paying attention, we, um, we've really seen um, a lot of blessing through that. That is really um, beautiful. And when I think about your situation, you know, it is easy to look at situations like this and it's like, they are tough. They, and like you said, you're not grateful for this situation, but for how God um, 
prepares you, equips you, goes before you. And um, even just the way that you can share that and see that and continue to look to him is an incredibly beautiful thing. And it is just a bright light. What are you reading or studying now? Yeah. So I, I know you're doing this too. Yes. I'm doing the Bible recap with Charlie Cobble and gosh, it is, I just can't <laughs> stop talking about it. <laughs> I love it. I'm learning so much and I'm um, just reading God's word with new eyes and new perspective. And it's been great. Really, really great. So that's kind of been my um, focus in the mornings. And I'm, I'm a journaler and this season of slow has, has kind of allowed more time in the mornings for that. And that's been great. Um, and then I'm doing the Enneagram book, The Road Back to You with, with some girlfriends and um, just really enjoying that. So those are kind of that's my really neat. Right yeah, now. I was telling Jonathan the other, yeah. a couple of days ago, um, doing the Bible recap, which is the chronological year-long plan. It's like, I know mm-hmm. the end of the story, but reading it in this way um, and how all the parts fit together, like even just reading the Psalms mm-hmm. in context of what is actually yeah. going on during that time, um, it's just so much yeah. more beautiful. Um and it's like, I can't stop, <laughs> you know, the more time you spend with God, the more right. you draw near to him, um, the more you want to be with him. And so I am really appreciative for that plan. Um, it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah. Really, really good. And have you learned yeah. anything new? Like, did you know your Enneagram type before you started this book or? Yeah, I did. So about a year ago, um, I guess last summer it was, Luke and I both kind of figured out like what our numbers were. And I listened to the Annie F. Downs podcast, the Annie F. Summer. I'm definitely more of like a listener mm-hmm. than a reader. Um, so podcasts or audiobooks are my favorite thing, but I'm, I'm trying to be better about opening a book. <laughs> um, so I'm slow going through this one, but it's been fun to process it um, during this pandemic season with, with friends. We're doing it on Marco Polo. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm learning a lot about the other numbers and a lot about myself. And um, I just think there's so much value to it. I really, really like it. I think it's neat. You're doing it with your friends. <laughs> it does, it does yeah. help you just yeah. have more insight well, into each other. Oh my gosh, exactly. And you know, this, this is kind of like our new community up here. Um, and that's been a fun development, I would say, especially in the last six months, just getting more connected with families. Um, we, we really live in like Juliet Shorewood, even though we're in Manuka school district. Our house just happens to be, you know, right Mm -hmm. across the line or whatever. Um, so this has been fun to connect with other, um, women in, you know, kind of the community where I grocery shop and where we see, you know, when we can be out and about where I would run into them. So that's been really, really fun as well. Oh, I, I'm just so thankful. I'm getting to talk to you today. You just, you just make me smile. Um, (laughs) What is something specific we can be praying for your family? Oh gosh. Um, that's a great question. I, I think Mm. just peace. Um, we are, that's my prayer for just the world right now. Um, I, I struggle to see all of the, um, division in, in our nation. And, um, I just, I just wish we could have more peace in the world and, 
um, I think that's been pretty true in our home. We have done isolation before and um, we can do it again, but we're definitely anxious to get back to some normalcy and, and being out and about. Um, so in transition is always a challenge in our home. So the kids are, you know, finishing up school as it is now and Luke is finishing up his school year and there's always that, you know, transition into summer, yeah. summer schedule. Well, I would love to close this in prayer. And I'm, again, I'm thankful that you took the time to chat with me today. I know what you shared will impact others for sure. Um, so mm -hmm. I appreciate you sharing your story. Well, thank you for letting me. And I am loving your podcast. I'm so proud of you for doing this. You've always been someone who creates really beautiful things. And, and this is certainly oh, one well, of thank them. Thank you. Okay. God, oh, you are so good. And this doesn't seem to come close to describing all that you are. Thank you for how you have prepared Sarah and Luke and walked them through trials and continue to go before them. I'm grateful that they can look back and see your fingerprints all over their story. Thank you for your faithfulness and kindness to their family. Right now, as the world is experiencing a new kind of chaos with fears and emotions running wild, we ask for your peace. I pray Sarah can rest and delight in your abundant peace as she trusts in you alone and is reminded that you are in control. Heal our land, Father, in your good time and continually draw our hearts to yours. Lead us to fear you and not the world. We trust that you alone can bridge the divide, unite our hearts and minds, and mend the brokenness. I'm thankful for this time and for my friend Sarah, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I love Sarah's reminder that our identity is in Christ. While it can be uncomfortable to be stripped of the things that we wrap our identity up in, as Sarah said, God is enough. And I hope we would all slow down to spend time listening to him, allowing him to reveal the areas of our life that he might want to strip away in order to grow us closer to him. If you have any questions for Sarah or need prayer for anything, please don't hesitate to reach out on social media or by emailing at thewelltogether at gmail.com. Have a great week and know it is always a joy to be here at the well together.